Welcome to the Talk and Chatter Experience, powered by Gasoline Alley Harley-Davidson, TCX Boots Australia, and Moto Products. My guest today is racing driver Courtney Prince. Courtney's racing career started in go-karts and later progressed into the Formula Ford series, like many drivers coming through the ranks in Australia. In 2022, Courtney is doing double duties. She's driving in the local Legends Aussie racing car, and Courtney is also competing in the Porsche Michelin Sprint Challenge. In this show, you get to hear about Courtney's background in racing and an insight into being a racing driver in 2022. If you get the chance, head over to our YouTube and hit subscribe, and also click on iTunes and give us a rating and a review. It all helps to get the podcast out there. Uh, Welcome, Courtney Prince. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Absolute pleasure. And uh, we've just got back, obviously, from the QR Open Day on Saturday. Uh, You're up here from Melbourne for that. And uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it was an awesome day at QR on Saturday. It was great turnout and an awesome event. I managed to do some laps in Tony's 992 in the wet, which is pretty awesome. I love that car. A little bit different to mine, but yeah, super sick car. Hopefully one day I get to race it. How do you like uh, just jump out of you know your normal car to drive and then just jump into something that, especially those conditions and that? How, how does it feel for you? Yeah, it's definitely. I don't really think about it. You just jump in and adapt to whatever you are. It's like whatever car you drive and whatever condition you drive and track. It's always different. So you just go off by feel. You feel it and just go on and hope for the best, really. But yeah, it's all comes down to feel at the end of the day. That's that's like the driver's pursuit, isn't it? Just feel like yeah. if you, if you, if someone has poor feel from the start, it's not going. Or driver or rider, it's not going to happen, hey? Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And even in a race, if conditions change and stuff, it's all down to feel. You can have data and all that, which helps, but yep. definitely need the feel. So who's Courtney Prince? Uh, well, I race Porsche Michelin Sprint Challenge with Sonic Motor Racing Services. So I started last year. We did two rounds before COVID hit. And uh, we started this season with the first round uh, just over a month ago at Sydney Motorsport Park, which we got third, which I was pretty happy with. And the second round sadly got cancelled at Phillip Island, but it's going to be rescheduled to the end of November, which is super exciting because that's our test track basically for Sonic from being in Melbourne. So do all our testing there. So hopefully it'll be a really good round. But our next round's in August, the first weekend at QR. So how do you position yourself into Sonic? Like Sonic's got such a rich history within Australian motorsport. How did you get into that? So I started in Former Ford. I did three full seasons in National Former Ford. And before that, a bit of testing and a few odd rounds. Uh, so I got in through Former Ford, basically. When I was 14, we started looking at buying a Former Ford, stepping out of go-karts, and it happened that Sonic had one for sale, one of their old drivers. And we bought it when I was 14, but we couldn't race it because I was too young until I was 15. Uh, So, yeah, we just happened to buy a car through Mick and then we did a few test days and we kind of gelled. And ever since then, I've been with Sonic. I really enjoy being there. I love working with Mick and he definitely gets the most out of me. And is, uh, like, the ultimate karting age to to jump into that is... is 15 sort of to jump into that next series? Is that the, the ultimate age, do you think? Or should it be younger, older? What do you feel? Well, obviously, the more time you get in the race car, yep. the better you're going to be. So for me, 15, 16, um, when I jumped in it, I started racing um, just before I turned 16, I think. So, yeah, that's when I jumped out and I feel most of them do. 
um, yeah, the more miles you can do, the better. But also your maturity levels, you need to make sure is there yeah. as well. You're not just jumping in a race car um, if you're not ready for it. Because every step, it goes faster too, yeah. doesn't it? Like every step that you take, it's faster, faster. So maturity obviously is a big part to it, isn't it? Yeah, faster and more expensive each step up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, um, there was a Formula Ford hire company um, at QR on Saturday. Yeah. I forget their names, but we're talking to them and they hire hire race cars and I've got Ryder Quinn here as well and probably been through this period at some time and doing this as well, but they're talking to us about what each panel, like if you crash the car on a Saturday, yeah. this yep. is like 11000 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It can, it can add up pretty quickly too. It does. The corners in those, if you rip them off, yep. they're at least a few grand each. I don't know what they are now, but back in the day, they were probably about two and a half grand a corner. Yeah. So just just the wheel and the bars, basically. Just to rip it off. And, and they're yeah. not flimsy, but it can happen quite quickly and quite yeah. easily. Yeah, you tangle wheels quite easy in Formula 4, definitely, compared yep. to Porsche. <laughs> How, like, obviously open wheel is, is everyone's background to, to get into it because you can't race a tin top until a certain age, obviously. Yeah. How do you jump straight into a tin top and succeed? Uh, well, I kind of just gelled with the Porsche probably quicker than I thought I would. Coming from open wheeler, I loved open wheelers, but we never had the budget to go overseas. So for yeah. me, it was tin tops and um, Porsche here. So I jumped in and obviously weight transfer is a big different thing yeah. compared to open wheeler. It's just about getting used to it after a few test days. Again, it comes down to the feel thing. You just adapt, feel whatever car track it is and... Yeah, I really love the Porsche and I enjoy it. And the former Ford's a very uh, harder car to get a lot out of it, especially when you're getting right down to the end, finding those last few tents. And for me, that has really helped my driving, driving a bit of a hard car. And in the wet, it is slippery in the former Ford. It's not a good car to drive in the wet. So then moving to something that has aero, slicks, it's grippy, it's fast paddle shift. It was awesome. Does, does the sim set you up? For, for that like can can you do enough practice in a sim to get into it day one and go okay this has got the same sort of feel or, or where does that work i'm not a big sim person yeah. i do have one and i'll use it um to sharpen up or a track i haven't driven at or just practicing my braking or something that i need to work on yep. um definitely the sim can be semi-realistic, but it's still a video game at the end of the day. So it's very hard to get feel from yep. the sim. Um, but definitely in some aspects, it helps learning the brake. There's a bit of feel with the brake, um, the brake pressure and stuff, and a bit of the weight transfer. So definitely can help in ways. It's better than no sim. Yeah, definitely. for sure. And yeah. track familiarity. That's the, yeah. you know, you, you say you're coming up to Bathurst for the first time in 12 months. I'm sure a couple laps in the sim can help a few things or something like that, yeah? Yeah, that's definitely what I use it mostly for is yeah. track. And even Bathurst, I did so many laps before I went there for the first time. Wow. But it's definitely a lot different even when you get there. It's a lot more steeper. Now, was this your first time this year racing there? Last, last year, year I did two rounds in Aussie car, which yep. was Tassie and Bathurst. So this was my second time at Bathurst this year. Like we're all three of us actually there. How does it feel to go there a second time? Do you feel a lot more relaxed? Definitely. Yep. Um, I did do challenge 
Challenge Bathurst at the end of last year, which is basically a test day for us in Porsche, because we're supposed to have around there before COVID. Yeah. Um, so doing some laps in the Porsche there is a lot faster. Then jumping back into the Aussie car this year, I was like, this is so much slower. So yeah, yeah definitely your confidence there, every lap goes up and up. So the more laps you do there, yeah. definitely the better it is. Can you explain weight transfer a bit? Yeah, so basically body roll of the yep. car. So if you're going into a left-hand corner, it'll tip to the right. Um, I guess the more confidence you have with the car, you know it's not going to do anything. So um, definitely after a few times being in the car, you're not even worried about it. But the first few times, especially at like a Phillip Island yep. um, where it's got high speed, you're like, oh, what is that? Yep. Like it's leaning. It just leans on the outside wheels more and change the direction. It will then roll to the opposite side yeah, quicker. Okay. Yeah. So that's something that like coming from an open wheel, like say you're doing both in the same weekend. Yeah. Very hard to deal with. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot different. That's the biggest thing jumping up from an open wheeler. And what about Aussie car? How's that? I, I can imagine that just looking as as a spectator, yeah. they look very flat. Um, wouldn't be much in that, I'm guessing, weight transfer or what's uh, that? It's very, very little, if yeah. anything, probably not much. Yeah. Um, coming from the Porsche, I don't really notice it that much, but they're basically a go-kart on steroids, those cars. They're pretty cool. Yeah. And they're very flighty um, and you have to really drive basically overdrive them to be fast. So you always got understeer, oversteer, like it's wiggling around. But because it's such a small car, you know it's not going to do anything. Yep. But they're super cool to drive. I enjoy it. What's a good track in an Aussie racing car? Bathurst. Yeah? It's cool. Yeah. Uh, though down the straight sometimes... Yeah, I guess it gets a little bit, oh, am, am I ever going to get to the next corner? <laughs> um, but definitely up the top because you can – it's all flat up the top for us in Aussie cars. So that's cool. Just coming up over the rise, it's nice and smooth and you can really hustle it. What, so completely flat the whole way through? Up the top. Yeah. Yeah, it's all flat. Wow. Yeah, until you go obviously into Skyline. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, But so – that's a cool track. SMP, Sydney Motorsport Park is cool. Yep. Um, even like a Tassie in that for such a tight track, you'd probably prefer to be an Aussie car there than, let's say, a Porsche. Yep. Um, yeah, they're really cool cars to drive. I'm really actually excited to drive them in the bend. I reckon they'll be pretty cool there. That's a good track, eh? Yeah, I love the bend. It's one of my top tracks, definitely. A couple of, the, um, couple of friends from here, they went and did uh, track days might have been the start of this year. So it's a triple track day for motorbikes there. So the first two days is the normal track that everyone races on. Then day three is the full FIM, um, 35 corners, 7Ks or whatever it is. Yeah. It's like a four-minute lap. Have yeah. you done that yet? I haven't done the big circuit, no, just the normal one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I have seen it though. Yep. Um, yeah, it looks insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where, for me, like uh, to go to a place like that, a sim would be – the ideal setup because 35 corners, it's pretty, I think it's 35, yeah. pretty hard to sort of get, you know, the pattern and the rhythm sort of happening. It'd be hard to turn up and know yep. it straight away when everyone else does, definitely, yeah. Absolutely. Did you race the Wakefield round the other month in the Aussie? Yeah, you I did. did. With the bikes, eh? Oh, uh, yeah, 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 it was, yeah. What'd you think? Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I have raced Wakefield in Form 4 before yep. and, yeah, it's a fun track. I don't mind it actually, especially yep. in the smaller cars, they're pretty cool. Yeah, because yeah. that's what I was going to ask about. I thought somewhere like that would be a perfect place in an Aussie car because it's sort of left, right, yeah. stop, start quite 
quite good. You know, you get a, I guess it's a flow, but it's a bit of a stop-start sort of track. I thought that would yeah. be quite nice. Yeah, it is. And especially up the top with the double right, that's yep. probably like the, uh, the left and double right and yep. down, that's probably my favourite part, I yeah, reckon. Nice. Yeah, those those little tracks suit Formula Ford and Aussie car, yep. definitely. And you can fit still three or four Aussie cars like wide at that track. So That would be weird. Yeah. Like coming into a corner, being able to have four vehicles. Yeah. That would be a strange feeling, yeah? Yeah, definitely. Well, at Bathurst, like basically every lap on the straight, you're at least three wide yep. with the slipstream and everything. You can slipstream so far back in them and come up next to them. So, okay, so slipstream in those cars, big, yeah. big benefit, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yep. definitely. In Porsche, um, slipstream's big as well, but especially at like a – haven't obviously raced Porsche at Bathurst yet, but yep. um, at like a Phillip Island, it's – yeah, it's massive. Yep. And in qualifying, that can mean almost half a second for you. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Because you look at, you know, um, slipstreaming in some forms of motorsports nearly out of it yeah. now. So yeah. it's it's cool to see the benefits of it. It's it's a real proper racecraft, I feel, hey? Yeah, definitely. And at Tassie, yep. um, slipstream's big too yep. there. So all those places that have a bit of a drag strip, yep. you bet really need it there. What, so out of the hairpin and then down through that right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Through there, slipstream, and even into the hairpin. If you can get it, get a yep. double toe, ah. yeah, you'll be on. How does it feel? Say say you're coming through um, Tassie, through Simmons Plains there. Yeah. You're in the slipstream, you try and pop out around that fast right kink. How does yep. that feel in an Aussie car? Yeah, it's – I mean, Aussie car's not that fast, but, yeah, it yep. does – you definitely feel that the speed pick up a bit. Yeah. And then when you go out to pass, you feel like you're going about 20Ks faster. But, wow. yeah, it's uh, – it, it's cool. It's definitely, you're like, yes, I'm finally on for a good lap when you can feel it. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that place. I reckon it's just, it's one of those tracks that's still got a fair bit of character to yeah. it, you know. I um, love the hairpin. Um, yeah. In Aussie cars, it's, it's cool there, definitely. I haven't driven another car there, yeah. but, yeah. Is that first gear? Yeah, yeah. in Aussie like, car, yeah. yeah. And you have to be careful because on the exit, because the revs go up shooting up so high you have to have your hand ready to get into second or else there's a few people that then can't get into second and then everyone goes past you so Ah, true yeah it is cool though it's very cool there so that they're obviously like they're a bike motor they're a yamaha bike motor yeah so is it just up down like a bike would be yeah sequential sequential box yeah Yeah, so first is forward and then up is back Back. and then forwards down Yeah. yeah okay so it's nice and quick as you're going out of the corner or whatever. Yeah, yep. it suits the car well, definitely. It gives it a bit of character and it, like, pops and crackles and everything. It's like a little mini supercar, like half yep. the size of it. They're so cool to watch. They are. They're yep. awesome and the racing's good and yep. it's hard racing. Um, but I really enjoy the class. It's really good. Where, where did motorsport sort of really start? Like, what was the, the initial start for you? Did you have family in it or where'd that come from? Yeah, so mum and dad used to race go-karts yep. and dad did a bit of former Ford, but he stopped, um, obviously, budget, like most people, yep. uh, before I was born. But I didn't really know when I was younger. Um, they didn't really speak much about it or anything, but I was always in dirt bikes when I was young. We live on three acres, so I'd just be doing doughies on mum's grass on dirt bikes and ripping it up. She loved that. (laughs) But, yeah, I was always just into anything that went fast. We had a little, like, hot roddy thing. I'd be into that, the cars at home, everything. And I was so into racing and that I wanted to start racing dirt bikes. And 
dad was like, no, you're not doing that. That's way too dangerous for you. So I was like, well, what can I race? He said, if you want to race something, go-karts. So he wasn't too keen on me getting into it. Yep. Um, but I just kept uh, nagging him. And he finally bought me a go-kart when I was seven, I think. And I started racing when I was eight. So wow. I started that. But, yeah, mum and dad probably my biggest supporters but if I said I don't want to do it anymore they'd be like yes we're going to go and buy a fishing boat now yeah Um, but yes I got into it at a young age but I just always have been into just going fast or anything with an engine basically I don't know why but since I was really young I'd be into all that stuff and even car racing I'd be sitting down watching it with my dad supercars f1 since I was like probably four or five so it's yeah. an addiction, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's a troubled one because it sticks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> do, do you remember like racing it as a seven, seven, eight-year-old? Do you remember it? I do, yep. yeah, bits. Go-karts, I did it for a very long time, yep. probably most of my life. Uh, I really enjoyed it and I can still remember from my first time ever starting pole and go-karts. Wow. That's probably the first thing I remember from a really young age and my first time ever in a go-kart Um around Pocapunyal, which is a track just out of Victoria. That's where I did my first laps. It's a pretty cool track. But, you know, I really enjoyed carts, my time in carts, definitely. Wow. Getting pole position, that must be a cool thing for your first, like not your first time, but that must be a pretty cool feeling the first time you do that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, yeah, in go-karts and that. It was was really fun. I think it was also raining as well (laughs) as soon as we were about to go out. But, uh, yeah. Are Are you a good rain driver? I actually really enjoy the rain. Yep. I, um, last year in Phillip Island, the first round, I had never driven that car in the wet before. We did a few test days before yep. the first round. I think it was, yeah, race two. Uh, we'll see you on the grid. Starts pouring down rain. I was starting off, I think, P3. And I was like, oh my God, it's <laughs> never driven this car in the rain. Wow. I don't know what I'm going to do. Anyway, I go out there. It was actually quite good. I ended up leading most of the race. Um, and I was like, this has actually grip compared to former Ford. I was so surprised. It turns, got wet tyres. Yep. But yeah, I actually really enjoy the wet. I really enjoy the wet, the racing. I don't know why, but since I was young in carts, I just, yeah, I really like it. It's, it's good. good. It's good if you can. Yeah. It, it's, it's a lot of people just don't, hey, like freeze up basically. Definitely. You know? yep. Yeah. Formula Ford's in the wet. That must be just uh, insane. Yeah, they, yep. they're fun, but they're a lot more sketchy than, yep. let's just say, a Porsche. Yep. They're a very nervous car to drive, so they're always twitchy even in the dry when yep. you ride on that limit. So, yep. And that's where you need to drive them to be quick because it's such a competitive class as well. So, and, and like we were saying before, they're so rigid. Yeah. The more rigid you have something, the harder it is to drive traditionally, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yep. Now, getting into the Porsche, like you, you're sitting there at a wet race, what what flows through your head for that first time? Like, what was it like? Like, you must be just thinking, oh man, this thing's worth whatever it's worth. Yeah, uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff on the line at that point. First Definitely. Time. Yeah. Well, first time when I was sitting there, it's like, well, I've never driven this car in the wet. Uh, if I just don't go off the track and somewhat yep. <laughs> stay up in the top four or five, I'll be happy. So I was surrounded by a lot of the guys who have been racing that category for three years plus. So wow. they have a bit more experience, but. Yeah, I just tend to go and goes down to feel. Just go out, feel yep. it, build on what you got and see where you end up. It's awesome. And you don't think about dollar value when you're out there at all. You um, shouldn't, hey. No, you shouldn't. You can't yeah. have that in your no. head, definitely. Because if you, if that creeps in just a little bit, yeah, you, you start 
you know, there's a tenth here. There's a tenth here of just your mind being somewhere else, isn't there? Definitely. Mindset in racing is so important. Yeah. Um, always make sure your head's in the right space before you get in that car. Do you think that's something that's um, maybe not changed over time, but obviously the good good drivers have always, it's mindset, mindset. But yeah. I guess when you're talking amongst like all the different fields now, you see the other drivers rise like yourself, rider in that as well. That is such a mindset game, hey? Yeah, it yeah. is. I think now it's getting a bit more even important to find that extra bit on yes. everyone. Yeah. I know um, a lot of people getting like psychologists and stuff. So I personally don't have one, but I know it's getting more popular. It's getting more talked about. And to find that extra bit is you always want to find something that someone else isn't doing. Yeah. What are they not doing that I should be doing? And now everyone trains in the gym. Everyone's yeah. fit for the car, so you need to find something different. It's it, the, the sport, like no matter what it is within motorsport, whether it's bikes, cars and that, yeah. it's so refined now. Yeah. You know, every little part is, is, you know, every titanium bolt's been put into it. You know, your yeah. mindset's perfect. Athletes are proper athletes. Yeah. Where does it go? Yeah. You know, it's, it's so fast now. Everything's so, so refined and so good. Yeah, definitely. The Porsche, like getting in to drive that car, what's what's that like? Full, full like when you get a full season ahead of you, what do you think that'll feel like? Oh, uh, definitely. I can't wait to do a full season in yeah. it. Uh, for me, I want to follow that Porsche pyramid. Yes. So I really want to go to Career Cup next year if I get the budget. So this year for me is about getting the best results I can every race I go out. And at the end of season C and hopefully I get enough support to move up. Yep. So, yeah, I really enjoy the car, really enjoy the category. We've only done one round this year. It was a bit of a late start. Yep. But, yeah, I'm excited for it to kick off and get a whole season under since we only had two rounds last year. So can you explain the, the pyramid to people as well? Obviously you're in the Porsche Michelin Sprint Challenge. Challenge. Yeah. It's a lot of, there's a lot of names. <laughs> yeah, there is. There's a lot of names. <laughs> but um, yeah, can you explain that pyramid to us? Yeah. So I'm also a Porsche Michelin junior. So a few of us are selected as that and basically get a bit of help from Michelin um, with the pyramid. So yeah. with that, um, going to Carrera Cup is the next level up. So Porsche Michelin Sprint Challenge, then Carrera Cup. That's the top tier here in Australia. Next, if you're the first Porsche Michelin Junior in Carrera Cup at the end of the season, you get to go to the shootout. So that's overseas um, somewhere, wherever they pick. And every um, Porsche Michelin Junior winner of every single Carrera Cup around the world is invited to the shootout and you'll verse each other. So it's a very... Um, obviously driving, media, how you present yourself, a lot yeah. of elements go into that on who they pick. Whoever wins that gets backing um, to go into Super Cup or Career Cup. France is normally quite popular as well. Yeah. But, yeah, basically from Career Cup, even if you don't do the shootout, you want to move into a Career Cup overseas in Europe and then Super Cup maybe, but the top is being a Porsche factory driver, definitely. It's, it's such a road. Yeah. You know, like I think that's the cool thing about Porsche and obviously Michelin teaming up with this part. There's a pathway, isn't there? Like there is a way that you can physically do it. Definitely. It's not just some dream that hopefully this – but if you succeed and do all the right things, you can do it, hey? Yeah. It's an awesome brand and it's everywhere. It's big in Europe and America. Yep. And there's a lot of opportunity there if you do the right thing. 
Now, tyre-wise, obviously, they're going to run on Michelins. There's no no yeah. doubt about it. Do you get to have wets? Do you get to, like, when you go to a round, is it all wets or is it intermediate wets or what is there? Yeah, so we've got a slick tyre yep. and a wet tyre, which we can only use if the track's declared wet. Yep. But uh, normally in the round, we'll go out at Quali. We get two green sets, which means brand new tyres yep. sets. Um, so normally Quali will run both sets because at somewhere like Sydney Motorsport Park, you only get about two, three laps out of the tyre before the time drops dramatically. So you normally have two goes. You only have two laps to get that time out of yep. each set. But then we normally have an endurance race and two sprint races. So we'll use one set for the two sprint and then we'll put on the other set for the endurance race. Yep. So you basically are starting on a new tyre. Is Our endurance race is 45 minutes, which chews up the tyres quite a lot, especially the fronts in these cars. So the front two tyres, they go away quite a lot. Right. So you start to get a lot of understeer in that. So you have to adapt your driving as that tyre goes away. Yep. So... Setup's obviously a huge part. Yeah. But obviously driving styles is a huge part too to that, yeah? Yeah, reducing the amount of pressure that's on those front tyres. So it's the fronts that are real on those? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, because that, like, commonly, obviously rear tyres are the ones that usually, you know, the loaded tyre plus the rear tyres are the ones that go. Yeah. Yeah. Fronts in these cars always go. And Sydney Motorsport Park's very coarse track. Yes. Even Phillip Island now is becoming quite coarse. It never used to be. Yep. So at those tracks, um, it's big, whereas at Winton, not so much. Um, but, yeah, it depends on the surface. It's an interesting thing that you just mentioned. So say the bikes, the MotoGP last time they came here. Yeah. Might have been the time before. They were talking about shortening the races because of the surface of the track. Yeah. So do you feel that, like, I've ridden there a few times as a rider, but do you feel that as a driver, the, the surface through the car? Uh, was yeah. it grip-wise or what? Well, yeah, grip-wise you can feel it yep. and you can also feel if it's quite a um, like a hairpin or something, the amount of pressure on the tyres through the steering. You can right. really feel how hard they are working. Yep. And, for example, when you get understeer, so when the car starts to push it to the outside, you can feel the amount of um, pressure like it's putting on the fronts and then from that you know how long they're really going to last. Yep. If you keep giving them a hard time, they're just going to keep dropping every lap. So that's your feedback? Yeah. That's how you know, okay, this is as much as I've got for now. Um, I guess that's that. That's the feel part too, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah Phillip Island has been known now for being a high, uh, high deck track. Yeah, know? it so. has been, especially in the last year, I reckon, yep. has really jumped up. I wonder why. I wonder if it's been resurfaced or something. I don't think so. I but. think the surface after a certain amount of time just kind of loses it and ah. the rocks and stones became become more exposed and they yep. start to drift a bit in that. That makes sense. Yeah. Whereas the bend, who's probably the most newest surface, <laughs> um, is very smooth. So you get good tyre lot. So a 45-minute race or whatever, you should be able to have pretty consistent times throughout the whole race. It will still drop, but probably not as much as a Sydney Motorsport Park. But then in the wet and it bent, it's very slippery because there's nowhere for the water to run through just the stones. The yep. It just sits there. It's like a lake. Interesting. Yeah. Now, coming from open wheel, coming from carts and that, does it feel foreign to you to say that your tyres are going to wear out in three laps? <laughs> um, yeah, definitely that's something I've had to learn yeah. in the Porsche. It's not so big in the form of Fords. Mm -hmm. um, 
in the form forward, you wouldn't feel it as much. The times would still drop after a few laps at like a Sydney Motorsport Park. Again, yep. because it's the worst surface probably. Um, but yeah, it's something you've had to learn. And especially on in the endurance race, um, if you go out too hard and use up your tyres, then about mid to late race, you're going to go back. So it's about being a bit smart and not too greedy at the start. Yep. And, yeah, it's a lot more thinking, a lot more planning you have to do and being a bit smarter and more mature in your driving for it, definitely. Now with strength and whatnot for that sort of thing, obviously you mentioned training before. How, how, yeah. how do you train for 45-minute race? Like that's a long time in a car. Yeah, it how, is. How do you train for that? So I do a lot of endurance training. Yep. Um, I'm actually a personal trainer as well. Yep. And I train with my trainer Heath Meldrum. So he trains a few supercar drivers and mm-hmm. that. Um, but a lot of endurance, so a lot of running in the sand, stair work, just continuous training, circuit stuff, so time stuff, doing heaps of reps within a certain time and, yeah, just pushing that threshold basically yep. and also good leg strength in the Porsche is also quite good. Like it's good to have that for the break and modulating that brake pressure um i've quite a lot of upper body strength from the former ford back in the day but oh really yeah you just got to maintain your strength but really the endurance and dealing with heat as well because in that porsche there's no aircon or you can't put your window down (laughs) so (laughs) so you have to deal with that heat and i don't use a cool suit so a lot of i know my pro-am so an older gentleman driver in my team Runs a cool suit. That was nicely said. Yeah, he, he loves it. <laughs> yep. um, but being young and stuff, it's good to not kind of rely on that. So I don't run one. The only thing I have is there's a bit of a tube on our dash that is air from the outside. Yep. So you can, which I sometimes do, run force air. So you just plug a hose which goes into the top of your helmet, which you've probably seen supercars. Yep. But that's just from the outside air. There's no actual fan pushing that air into your helmet. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah it's it's because are they a hot car too? Like you know how some cars they say are hot cars. Are they a warm car inside? Yeah, yeah. definitely when it gets warm. Uh, yeah. Like Sydney was colder so it wasn't that bad. But at the end of the year when it starts to get the heat up, it will definitely yeah. – it gets quite hot in there. Yeah, definitely. So that November day that you did in Bathurst, that would have been pretty warm. Yeah, that yeah the Challenge Bathurst, that was yeah. quite warm from memory. Yeah. Though I think it actually rained as well, so that would have cooled it, <laughs> cooled it down a bit. But, yeah, um, yeah definitely it gets hot in there. Uh, interesting. Even in testing at the start of the year, yep. like Feb. Because Phillip Island is still hot. Oh, is, is Winton your main test track? Yeah, Winton and Phillip Island. Both, yeah. We can't test at Sandown because they're decibels. Uh, <laughs> You've raced there though, hey? Uh, yes, I have, yeah. Good. I don't mind the track. There's yep. a lot of different surfaces. So uh, when it rains, there's about, well, three main different surface changes around the track. Yep. So when it rains, the first sector, so from turn one to term four is very slippery um it's not too bad in the middle sector and then it's pretty good in the last sector so yeah it's it's hard to actually for the engineers to set up the car there especially when it rains because what surface do you set up the car for is the question it's true (laughs) hey because i guess because it's an old circuit yeah um and I don't know how long it'll probably be there either. I think it'll probably go within the next 10 years. It is, hey. Yeah. yeah. It's I'm, on its, it's way It's just out. being patch jobs, hey. It hasn't been like we'll just go spend 
millions of dollars and resurface the whole complex. Yeah. No, it's a lot of bumpiness, a lot of patches, but yep. I actually don't mind. In the dry, you don't notice the surface changes as much. Yep. It's quite a quirky track and the slipstream up the back straight is quite big. Yep. But they also made some changes since I've last raced there to that turn six, so at the end of the back straight, oh, yeah. yep. where a lot of crashes have happened in the past. So yep. they've really opened it up and that, which is better. At least you can kind of race into that corner. Yeah, because that was quite a sharp turn off a straight, wasn't it? Originally? Yeah, yep. and then straight into grass, which makes you go faster and then straight yep. into the wall. So at least now they've also asphalted that bit. So if yep. you go wide, you just keep carrying on, yeah. Why are your race number? 32. I've had it since go-karts. You chose it? Yeah. Yep. So back when I started go-karts, you had your licence number. Yep. I'm pretty sure – well, I picked it off my licence number. I can't remember if it was a rule back then or not, but I had – like I could do a few numbers from that number and I picked 32. I don't know why. I just liked the look of it. I yep. thought it looked cool. And from then on, I've ran that number except for former Ford. I ran number three because Sonic has two, three and four. That's the car numbers, yep. uh, which I did have to run at some national events in go-karts. So 32 or three, but mainly 32. Yep. Yes, yeah, so I just always have had yep. that number since go-karts. It just sticks, eh? Like yeah. a, if you have a race number, it's sort of just where you try to make it stick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and if it doesn't, you get to race meeting someone else has got it or something. It's like, uh-oh, yeah. what do I do here? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. In carts, that was a big issue. Yeah. Releasing car racing, you have your number now, so it's you don't registered. have to worry about that. Yep. Yeah. Are you superstitious? Uh, not really. Yep. No. I don't think so. I did have a green car in Formal Ford yep. and some people were because apparently green race cars – no good um uh-huh. but that's the only one i've really heard in racing is green and my favorite color is green so <laughs> i was gonna ask you that that doesn't go real well with your helmet uh, no you know? but apparently race gear doesn't count it's the car so right. i did have it in former ford for one year or no two years and then i changed it to red because mick was a bit mm, didn't know about having a green car yep. i haven't had a green car since but <laughs> wow it's funny those their superstitions sort of go through yeah. years and years you know so um, yeah. there's always something within the team yeah know? definitely what who does your helmet designs uh so i've actually only got one custom helmet yep. done ever and that was thank you i love it from ant-man yep. so prior to that in former ford i had my helmet actually wrapped it kind of looked painted unless you looked really close, but the stones in that class, you just cop it so bad. Yep. So I didn't want a custom helmet. And then when I went to Porsche, I was like, I really want to have my first custom painted helmet, and I did, and I love it. I don't think I'll change it for a really long time. No. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I love the fluoro green and the chrome and the black. Yeah. Yeah, the accent, the, the accent's coming through it. Yeah, it's a yeah. Good, good design. You know? Yeah. Uh, for me, that green is my favourite colour, obviously, as well. And, uh, yeah, it looks good. Yeah, thank it, you. It's very bold. <laughs> street driving, like uh, street race, not street racing, that sounds terrible, but uh, <laughs> like target events and things like that. Yeah. Is that something of interest to you? Uh, so, actually, with Porsche last year, we did Target Tasmania yes. in um, the all-electric Taycan. So, that was pretty cool. What I was going to ask you about. Yeah. You've, you've got a head. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell, tell me about it. So, we did the, they had a, um, we still did the same stages as the real Targa, but Porsche had their own. We were restricted to 130. So, 
still the same course, but not the real Tarka. Yeah. But so it was a lot of fun. I did it with Nick McBride, who's a Curra Cup driver. Yeah. So we did two stages each and then the other one with Nav. So we both have no rally experience. So we're trying to read notes or getting lost with How'd notes. <laughs> it wasn't too bad. Um, it was really, I actually really enjoyed it though. It was yeah. something so different to what we're used to, not actually knowing what's ahead. Circuit racing, you know, every corner so well. Whereas <laughs> yep. in rally, you don't really. And even the caution signs, and there was a lot of crests where you didn't know if it was left or right at the end. But I really liked it. I liked the rush of not really knowing what was there. And the car is awesome, the all-electric car. It's mega. Is that your first electric vehicle you've driven? Yeah, yeah. Wow. I've never driven one before. And to be honest, until that point, I wasn't very keen on battery cars basically coming from a racing background yep. but it flies it is cool and the brakes it really pulls up the car because obviously it's quite a heavier car yep. it looks good and yeah it flies it's cool <laughs> what's it like like uh coming from you know racing a porsche uh, combustion motored car yeah um no sound through the car. You obviously hear a tire. You hear a lot more noise through the car. Yeah. What's that like when you're trying to come under brakes and stuff on a street race? Yeah, it has a weird noise, kind of like a spaceship noise a little bit, I'd call yeah. it. Um, yeah, I guess you're always used to an engine in that, but you kind of get used to the engine where you don't really notice it. If yeah. It's just background noise, obviously, except for the revs to change gears, but it was auto, so... Um, yeah, it it's different, but I kind of just got used to it. Um, and it's got launch control, so yeah. it would kind of make a little noise then. And it, their launch control is insane. Like, especially especially from the passenger seat, it felt like you're on a roller coaster. How you get that feeling? Well, that fast. Yeah, it was crazy. Wow. They're in the driver's seat, didn't feel as bad. And then when Nick and I changed and he was in the passenger seat, he was like, yeah, I know what you're talking about now. It's such a different feeling being a passenger in a car, isn't it? It is. It's hard being the passenger. <laughs> yeah, that'd, uh, that would be terrible because you, you do, you've done some coaching days with different people and stuff as well. Yeah. So you've had to do some passenger time. How yeah. Is, how is that? Yeah, so I do a bit of driver training. Driver um, training, yep. Yeah, and... Porsche, Bryden, who actually support me, we've made a women who race track day. So for all the women who buy Porsches from Bryden, we do a day with them. So, yeah, always in the passenger seat quite a lot, almost every week. Um, It is harder, especially the on-track stuff, less car control stuff, like doing the laps on the track. It's a bit harder to be a passenger, though if they listen you feel okay and if they um you just keep coaching them like yep. I always talk to them like I what I'd be thinking the whole way around and that kind of relaxes them but definitely if they don't listen or they get off the brake and they're sending way too much speed in the corner and you can feel it whereas they don't have feel for what's going to happen next yep. whereas you can preempt it that's probably the hardest thing yes um and when you're telling them to slow down and they don't or they want to try and do a skid or drift and yeah, but I, I do enjoy it and I am i don't really get scared much. Like, it's hard to scare me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you over time you get used to it. But, yeah, again, if they listen, it's fine. It's when they don't listen. Because, like, for one thing, they're such a safe vehicle too. Yeah. You know, like you're in the passenger seat of one of the safest vehicles yeah. on the road, which is good. Yeah. Um, but 
the usual driver training thing where you've got a steering wheel or pedals in front of you. Yeah. That would be kind of handy sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they don't have that, sadly. No. I've done a few track days where there's just um, any car, basically. Yep. And I've jumped in a few older cars and 86s and stuff. And, yeah, most of them are pretty good. Um, but those actually, those little kazoos, they're oh, yeah. cool. They're the fast, little Yaris. They? Yeah, they're probably yeah. the best track day car I have seen. Wow. Like, you can't really go wrong with them. They don't really have big moments, but yep. they're fast. They're pretty cool. I like jumping in them. So you've driven it? I haven't driven haven't them. Driven. No, but I've been next passenger? to them. Yeah, yeah. That, that line of cars that they've brought out, the Gazoo range. Yeah. Um, well, all those sort of little hot hatches, I guess. I know Hyundai's done their ice hit, uh, their 30 ends and whatnot. Yeah. They're pretty fast little cars. Yeah, you know? and, they and look quite cool. Well. Yeah, definitely. They're, they're actually quite popular now on track days and yep. even the ends, like the i30s and stuff. Yeah, they're probably the most popular track day car. Aside what? from your Commodore and still stuff. Commodores, around. yeah. <laughs> it's um, I don't. We won't get rid of that. They'll they'll be here forever. I think. Yeah. Hey, people keep building them up, and uh, it's such a good place to start building yeah. a car. You can do a lot of your stuff yourself, I guess. You know. Yeah. What's the? Uh, have you had any moments in the passenger seat of those days where you've like? Not massive yeah. ones. Uh, on a Mercedes day. Like some people run in the grass and stuff, but they're they're not massive. We've, we've had to ring the bell here. Our flight's been cancelled. Has it? Oh no. So I think we're, we're just talking. We were obviously um, Courtney and Ryder off to uh, the bend to do a test tomorrow, and because there's some flooding around and that, we've uh, flights have been cancelled. So <laughs> sorry to interrupt you, Courtney, through the middle of that, but it was important because okay. you're going to have to fly out pretty soon. So. Um, what are you doing in the bend anyway? It's a test, but what is it for? Uh, just for the Aussie car round at the end of the month. So that's my next round. So yep. there's only two rounds left in Aussie car, the bend and Sandown, which is cool. We're sitting fourth in the championship, so I'm pretty keen to go and hopefully move up a few maybe. Yep. Try and get on the podium for the end of the year would be mega. That'd be huge. Yeah. Yeah, So to, to and to finish it up at Sandown, somewhere you've obviously driven before, That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm very excited for the end season. It ends in August, so it started early and there was a lot of back-to-backs, very close rounds. Uh, so, yeah, it ends quite early, which is, I mean, quite good for Porsche since I'll have then four rounds left of Porsche. I can just focus on that. That that must be a huge thing, like, because trying to dedicate time for one to the other. Um, obviously, you want to race every weekend if you could. That'd be the dream. Yeah, but yeah. Um, it must be hard to sort of focus on one and then the other sometimes, yeah? Well, the for my first round of the Porsche, I had two Aussie car rounds. I had three weekends back to back, back to back, um, which was actually not too bad. I actually enjoyed it. I kind of felt like I was actually a real racing car driver for professionally for yeah. a minute. Um, but no, it was good. Um, I mean, every time you jump in the car, you just think, oh, I'm driving the Aussie car or I'm driving the Porsche. And you just get out and get on with it. Um, Autopilot. Yeah, basically. basically. Just don't put too much thought into it. Just get in and drive the car, whatever it is. But they're both very cool cars to drive and I enjoy them both. And, yeah, they're, they're good. And they're similar tracks as well. So normally I'll race the Aussie car before the Porsche round there. That works well. So, yeah. <laughs> so tell me about the, there's four rounds for Porsche. Six in total. Six. Yeah. To, so four left though? 
Uh, five left, five yeah, left, because so. Philip yeah. Island got cancelled. That's right. I was that... so sad for now, yeah. So what do we have? Like, name the tracks for us. So Philip Island is next. Next, yep. Then, oh, sorry, Q- QR's next, not Philip Island. It's supposed to be Philip Island. QR, Sandown, The Bends, Bathurst, and then Philip Island's now put last. So normally Philip Island is first or second, but, yep. yeah, it's been put down. Which weekend's the Bathurst one? Uh, so that is the... I think it's the second weekend of November. I think yep. it's like the 12th, whatever that weekend is. They've the got so much racing there nowadays. Yeah. yeah, they do. It, it's, um, I'm not, I actually was wondering the other day what it's actually held with. Yep. I think it's going to be a Shannon's National round though. So it'll probably be when TCR and stuff are on, I'd yeah, say. Cool. So normally we travel around with TCR S5000. Yep. So we're normally the second or third tier category there. Have you had a chance to have a steer of a TCR car? No, I have not. Is that something you'd think of? Probably. Well, I mean, if I got offered it, obviously yeah, I'd say sure. yes. Yep. But for me, Porsche is my focus. Yep. I would maybe go down the supercar path if there was an opportunity. But for now, it's Porsche. Yep. Um, I'd go either those two ways. I probably wouldn't go the TCR um, yep. way. Yeah. Because and and like we said before, the Porsche pathway, yeah, the plan is already you know possible with yeah. the way it's created. Um, now sponsorships, how 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 have you found your sponsorships and how how hard is it to get sponsorship? It is very hard. Yeah. <laughs> Still to this day, it is extremely hard. Yeah. Um, it's the hardest part of racing to find yeah. the budget. Former Ford was a little bit harder to find. I didn't have very much support in Former Ford. It's basically just mum and dad. Um, I guess it's not much of a car to market. It's not a lot of panels, yep. not a lot of exposure. Whereas jumping up, Porsche's got a lot more panels. It's a great brand that people want to be associated with and we get quite good coverage. Yep. Uh, I've got Local Legends. They're my major sponsor, Tony Quinn. So I'm very lucky to have him on board this year. The car's fluoro. It stands out. It's great. Yep. Also got Bob Jane. Um, so they're awesome support through Sonic. They supported that team for quite a while. Um, Porsche Center Brighton. So they helped me out a little bit with parts. And also MSC Science who do my wraps. So every little bit helps, but it is still hard. I still need more sponsorship to finish the season, but it's yep. a lot of people are in the same boat. It doesn't stop, hey. Like no. it, it's a constant chase. That's the vicious circle of the racing world. It's, yeah. It's a constant chase. And I work full time. So in between working for my parents' business and my personal training, finding sponsorship and training myself for racing and doing all that prep, it's like basically another full time job on yep. top of my normal one. So it's definitely, but I really enjoy it. Every part, the whole stage of trying to get where you want, you've got to enjoy the process as well. For sure. And I think um, being a driver is more than being a driver, isn't it? Yeah. You know, there's so much behind this. It's 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 your own business, you know, yeah. being a driver. So whether that be chasing sponsorships and training for it, it's a business in, its, in itself. There's so much out of the car that a lot of people don't realise that needs to go into it. Yep. 100%. And the best part is getting in that car, shutting that door where it's silent and you don't have to listen to yeah. anyone. You just get in and drive the car and that's my favourite part. But there's a lot of stuff outside. Are you a psych up music person? Are you someone that sits in the pit and has music or are you just <laughs> I quiet? actually don't. I tried music. I, I do like listening to music but not in racing. Mm-hmm. I'm a person that just 
just wants to sit in silence or chill. Just yep. I don't want to think about the race, just calm, chill, go out and do my job then. You can't really preempt anything. You don't know what's going to happen. Um, and I don't... I'm, like, I'm quite a, a bubbly out there person anyway, so I I don't really need pumping up. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. For me, it's just I'll talk to my engineers, know exactly where we're going with the car, what's the plan, what we're doing, and then that's it. Just chill, wait for the race, get in my car. I like to get in my car quite early, just be in my own space, in my own zone. Yeah. That's probably my prep, yeah. With, with um, the modern world of, of racing and stuff, it's easy to brand yourself too. Like it's, yeah. it's much easier like through social channels, podcasts, like lots of things like this for sponsorship and people to, to hear from you. Yeah. Like back um, only 10 years ago, the only time you'd see someone with their sponsorship stuff would be on Channel 10 or whatever on Sunday yeah. afternoon. So it's it, it, it has evolved a bit too, being able to create that thing, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And branding is important. Yep. You gotta basically sell yourself yeah. <laughs> more than the car sometimes. So, yeah, it it's a huge part of racing, and it's all through people you meet and know. And you just gotta keep chasing it every day. Just keep chasing it. You don't know what's gonna happen, and you know what? Probably like ninety five percent of stuff I've sent or your proposal or whatever, it, it hasn't worked out. Yep. But then some stuff does work out. So you just have to keep going and just hope for the best. It's relationships. Definitely. It's the main part, isn't it? Yeah, and the biggest thing is getting results. If you get the results, people start to come to you a bit or you get more opportunity, you have more to market as well. Yeah. So as a driver, for me, it's just focusing on getting the result and then hopefully something comes about it. It will. It will. <laughs> what's, the, um, what's the dream track? Um, probably, I reckon, Spa pretty yep. cool I mean all Europe tracks are pretty cool and I really enjoy the flowy stuff so yep. for me here Phillip Island and the Bend probably my top two and Bathurst so I like the high speed flowy yep. corners which there's a lot of in Europe so yeah those tracks over there look pretty cool I'd love to drive a Porsche over there one day and that's the other thing that's good. You've driven that car. It doesn't matter around the whole world. It's the exact same car you're driving. You yeah. just got to learn the track, which is another awesome thing. You can just replicate exactly your setup, bang, and just go straight over, hey? Yeah, exactly. That would be cool. Yeah. That that track, I think, pretty much would be nearly everyone's pick. You know, yeah. like what's, what's the track? For, for me, it's Monza. Yeah. Um, I'd love to go to Monza. That's yeah, that the dream cool. for me. Um, one day that will happen. Um, yeah. But that's... Yeah, Spa, I reckon, is a lot of people's favourite, though. So, yeah, yep. Uh, you did some media training with Rusty. Yeah, I did, in former Ford a few years ago. How'd that go? That was awesome. Yep. He's a really good person. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome to spend time with him, and he's a guru at it. He mm. knows ins and outs. But, yeah, he helped me a lot with my media training and um, speaking and confidence and where to look and just all those little things that, you don't really know yep. uh, little tips and tricks, but yeah, that definitely helped. It's and like we're saying, part of that puzzle. It's just slotting that little little slice in there, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. The way you speak and that's a lot. It's very important for sponsors as well, and how you present yourself yep. and all that. It's all part of your brand, so yes. it is important part definitely. Ricardo's races or Ricardo's yeah. races. What was that all about? 
Yeah, so I've done a bit of girls on track and Ricardo's races. Yep. So for most for Australia, basically just feeding younger generation into what it could be like to drive or make a career out of racing. So yep. the girls on track side is a lot more even directed at being in part of media or engineering or mechanical, not necessarily driving, whereas Ricardo races more driving yep. the car. Um, but, yeah, there are also programs that Motorsport Australia have, definitely, and it's good for younger kids to get involved at a early age and understand a bit more about what what's in motorsport and what you can do in motorsport and what career you can make. In your time of racing, now you've done it for quite a few years. Yep. Have you seen it change? Uh, Programs like that yeah. weren't around at that no, time. No. Def- when I was younger in carts, it was no programs like that, yep. um, which is good. There's more programs and more awareness. Uh, definitely even at the F1 this year, I noticed a lot more people after Drive to Survive was actually yeah. released on Netflix. And a lot of my friends who I've known for years paid not much interest in my racing. And now after watching that, <laughs> there's suddenly now, oh, can I come to your races and yep. come to the F1 and all that. So there's definitely motorsport in Australia, I think, is getting a lot more well-known and which it needs to be. And yeah, it's it's really good. It's really good sport. Did you watch Drive to Survive? Yeah, I have. <laughs> it, the flow on effect for every part of motorsport, like you're saying, your friends coming to your races and that—that's yeah. huge. It like, is. You can't measure the cost, like the the amount of money that's come into the sport from that show. Yeah, no, it's awesome, and it shows a lot about the background. Even yeah. though it's F1, it's a lot more higher. But every driver kind of has what they go through Absolutely. at some time yeah and even the like the team stuff like yeah. no matter what team you're in you could be right driving high end ixls yeah there's the same thing going on in that pit as what there is in the formula one pit exactly it's yeah. a really good insight and even for drivers to see what f1 drivers go through and kind of relate to it and that it's really good i really enjoyed it who's your favorite f1 driver uh lewis hamilton lewis? <laughs> yeah very cool yeah what an icon of our sport hey yeah like, it's insane from when I was younger, I've always really liked him. Just yep. what he's done for the sport, how he dedicates himself and, like, he's not going amazing at the moment, but just the way he puts in is yep. awesome. The, his dedication and everything to his team, his racing, all that, I definitely look up to. Work ethic, hey? Yeah. It's just a huge work ethic and I think, like, no one gets there without that work ethic and he's just committed his, he's committed his life to that. So. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And where he's come from, not coming from much money as well. Yep. It's really, like, good on him. He's done an awesome job. That The end of the season last season, have, could could you picture anything like that ever happening? Like for Formula One? Yeah. Obviously Verstappen and Hamilton to finish it up like that. Yeah. That was insane. It's crazy. It's a bit of an awkward situation. But, yeah, yeah, um, yeah there's so many takes on it. It's quite yeah. crazy and a lot of people are not too happy about it. But... Yeah. Also, though, for people like in race control, and that's so hard to call stuff Jeez, yeah. as well. And they have that split second to make yep. a decision. So, yeah, they hate to have their jobs. So. Yeah, and that's that's my take on it too. Like, yeah. it's so much. There's so much on the line. There's probably billions of dollars, not millions. Yeah. Um, in a fraction of a second, and you know, everyone's got personal lives to attend to, and that that was brutal. What how it eventuated, yeah. but. After having Drive to Survive on for so many seasons, you, 
it, it was like it was a script how that all went down. Yeah. I'm like, this is insane. So, it is. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, you guys have got to get a flight. Yeah. <laughs> got to go to Adelaide. <laughs> so got to go to Adelaide now. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you got anything else to touch on? Uh, no. It's any more questions you want to ask me? I've got one. I, yeah. I have got one. Yeah, yeah. Racing with your family in Formula Ford. Yeah. Can you replace those times? Like that must be a pretty special feeling, yeah? Yeah. Well, my family are very big part of my racing yep. and they're always my supporter in my back corner so always having them there is awesome I actually don't think they've ever missed a race actually I think mum has missed one race wow. one in former Ford she's always been there as well and yeah forever even when I'm older and that I'll always remember my racing with my family how much we loved it and what we put into it from a young age it's big part of my life and yep. it's also a big part of theirs because I'm an only child as well so <laughs> it's it because it, it, as it as it grows and you you get more familiar and into teams yeah the family part drifts away a yeah. touch it's yeah. a weird feeling definitely like now um well we have Aussie car dad and I actually run the car yep um so it's very it's good like on weekends I'll be down at the factory dad will be putting setups in it cleaning yep. it doing patching up from where we've been shunted or something from the races. <laughs> so that side is good. Dad and I are still quite hands-on with that. But with the Porsche, obviously, it's all Sonic Grand. Mum and Dad aren't, like, involved in that. Like, they'll come and watch me, but they're not, like, right up in my grill, yep. basically. Yeah, so, yeah, yep. yeah. Which, it, it's not bad. It's actually quite good because it kind of separates a bit my family to my racing a bit yep. more. Um, but... Yeah, they're always there, always there supporting me and it's great having them on board and that they're so interested in my racing. Absolutely. And if, without the family support, you can't you can't do it. No, you know? exactly. Um, even just the emotional part of it because racing is an emotional sport. Yeah. You know, there's a lot that goes into it, uh, a lot that comes out of it, so you need them there. Definitely. And all the years you, like, put into it, for example, I've been working at this since I was eight. Yep. So all those years, like... Everything you put into it, uh, yeah, it definitely can be emotional. Monday morning, rocking up back to school. Do you remember it after going to race meetings? Uh, yeah. What yeah. was that like? Um, it was good, especially if you had a good weekend. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, but, yeah, as a driver, though, I guess after every weekend on that Monday, you always analyse everything you do, whether yeah. it was good or bad or that little mistake you made or should have done this to the car. You always go through it. Monday morning's the thinking day. That's yeah. when it hits you. Sunday, you're like, oh, happy if you did a good result or you're really down if you didn't yeah. or you made a big mistake or something. But, yeah, Monday's when you analyse. For me, it is. And now it's reality. So when I get home... On Monday morning, I get up and go to work and normally I'm like on an excavator or digging holes or something. So that's a big reality here for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're getting photos taken of you everywhere at the yeah. races and then the next thing you're on an excavator. Yeah. yeah. But it's good though because it keeps me very grounded and yeah. my parents make sure that I work and I work about three or four jobs. So I'm always working or working towards my racing, which is good. Yep. It's good for me. Are you a big analyzer? Yeah, yeah. I I'm a very big thinking person, like a bit of an overthinker person, yep. basically, is me. So yeah, I'll always analyze everything, especially with my racing. Like I will think about every little thing I did, every race, car, everything. Which I mean's good because then after every weekend you obviously speak to your team and review it and stuff. So 
for that it's good to step forward for the next round. From from carts and Formula Ford and that, like they're very uh, technical, as in a lot of hands-on technical setup car. Yeah. As you keep progressing through to the Porsches and stuff, it's data, a lot of data and stuff like that. Yeah. How are you going with that? Yeah, good. Um, coming from go karts where there's no data. Yeah. Former Ford was probably like, what are these squiggly lines? Yes. Like, yep. what do they mean? But now I'm pretty like. I know it so well and you know what every line means. But, yeah, definitely at the start it was kind of weird. But it's always really good to have data. Um, I'm trying not to rely on it as much now and trying doing it more myself. Uh, But it's good to know, like, if you've got a teammate that's doing this or to see and know that it is possible, whereas in carts and that you'd be like, oh, I can't go any deeper or... uh, like whatever it is, I can't pick up the throttle earlier, but then you see the data, you can or yep. you have already. Or even stuff like little things, or you're braking too deep yep. or the brake trace, you drop that little bit in the middle or whatever, you can see it on the graph, whereas you couldn't see that obviously from outside the car. All those little one percenters yep. add up. It's like I'm such a nerd. <laughs> like I love that stuff, right? Yeah. Okay, I love, love the data side of it and I think it's – Obviously, you still need to be the driver. The driver's yeah. going to be every every part of that. But it's so interesting to see when you can layer over, you know, driver A, driver B yep. and see that. Like uh, my world more so is motorcycle world than cars. Um, but driver or rider A breaks so far into the corner that they're messing up their mid-corner. Yeah. But oh, I'm braking later. Well, it doesn't mean that you're going to be faster, you know. Yeah. Um, whereas in the past, you just go by complete feel and say, oh, if I brake later, I'll be able to get through this faster. But yeah. It's well, not like that. Like even in the Aussie car, we don't have data. Mm-hmm. So that's a very feel car yep. and do your own data on the run basically, yep. which I enjoy. It's kind of nice to have something where there's no data and you just drive the car, just get in, whatever yep. it is, just drive it. I enjoy that as well. So it's good to have a bit of both worlds. Aussie car pits at Bathurst, right? That yeah. looked like such a fun – it's a fun group of people by the looks of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It is good. Um, like with us, we have our few friends and that and we yep. all like pit together and work together, which is good. Uh, it's a Porsche. Obviously, the team you're in, you're not sharing with no the way. other team what you're doing. But, yeah, that's no, good. We've got a good group of people and – um, like, for example, tomorrow we're all going testing together. So it is a bit more, uh, I guess, like a f- friendly and like socialising slash racing bit. But yep. obviously for me, I take it seriously because I want to make a career out of it, but especially for Dad, <laughs> my mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> um, he can then talk to other guys who've been in the category for a very long time. So a lot of them have been doing it for seven or so years. We've done, well, we're doing this season and we did two rounds last year. So we're quite new at it, sort yep. of trying to find our feet on the car and what to do. So it's just Dad and I going, yep. hmm, what should we put in the car this here? race? Yeah, that's that's but, that's hard. But there's a lot yeah. of experience around you in there with, with it. Definitely, yeah. But what, that's good. What's the logistics of that? So say you're in, in Brisbane today. Yeah. Now the test is at the bend tomorrow. Where's the car currently? So we have the car um, at my dad's company's factory. So that's in Victoria? Yeah, so yep. in Melbourne. Um, so he. So normally I'll actually be with him driving it, um, yep. but because I had the QR open day and I'm up here, he's driving it across, but it's only about eight hours for us, so it's not too bad. Yep. And he actually likes driving because we have an excavation business. He does a lot of 
truck driving, like interstate floating machines. So he loves it. So <laughs> he's driving across and I'll fly in. But normally it's not like that. I'll be in the car with him driving there. Yep. Or if it's a local-ish round, mum will drive. So I'll like just swap from car to car and keep everyone entertained on the way there. Perfect. Yeah. So yeah, that works well. It's a real family deal, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Well, thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been unreal and like I'm going to be at like a few of the rounds throughout the year as well. So I definitely like like to try and catch up with you. And, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, it's been awesome. So awesome. thanks Awesome. Thank you so much. That's all we have time for on today's show. If you get the chance, head over to YouTube and hit subscribe on the Talk and Chatter page. Also, head over to iTunes and give us a star rating and a review there. It all helps to get the podcast out there. A big thank you goes to everyone that's been doing this already. 